This is ESPN Radio. Just so we're clear, that sound there that you hear at the end of that mashup is Eric Bianafi referring to himself in third person. <laughs> so it is the voice of Eric Bianami when he says, Eric Bianami is a hard-nosed coach. We've also learned that Eric Bianami likes to refer to himself in the third person. Ian Fitzsimmons, your thoughts on people who talk about themselves in the third person? Uh, I, I've, I don't do it. Um, it's, it sounds to me somewhat odd. <laughs> when I first heard that clip, I thought of Clifford Franklin in the movie The Replacements, which is a phenomenal, awful movie. You know, Clifford Franklin makes makes plays, right? Clifford Franklin gets things done. Eric Bieniemy is a hard nosed coach, right? So third person, I don't do it, but he pulled it off well, like a two time Super Bowl champion. But everything he said, I agree with. I mean, I don't have a problem, you know, having a hard nosed coach who is extraordinarily intense. But to your point earlier, for people just tuning in here on ESPN Radio and ESPN Two, every player is not the same. And this is any walk of life, whether you're, you're selling insurance, you're a doctor, you're an attorney, you're a program director, whatever it may be. Every one of your teammates or employees don't have the same personality. I gave the example of Eric Gray running back out of Oklahoma, who's now with the New York Giants, who, by the way, if you're a Giants fan, he's going to give you a lot of depth behind Saquon Barkley. This dude runs angry, and he can, he can tote it and catch it. DeMarco Murray, former Dallas Cowboy and Philadelphia Eagle running back out of Oklahoma, is a running backs coach there. And he coached Eric Gray as hard as a coach can handle a player. And Eric Gray took every bit of it and then some and wanted more. Some guys you can do that with. Others, they don't take well to it. See PD from, remember the Titans. I can't play for this man, right? Mm -hmm. Some guys you can ride, some you can't. And so when Ron Rivera was posed that question in his presser yesterday, head coach of the Washington Commanders, I took that as him delivering a message to his players. Don't go whining to the media. Don't come whining to me about Eric Bieniemy and how intense he is. Deal with it. Go to him. But you, you're going to have to get tougher because that guy has got not one but two rings. That man was a part of two Super Bowl championship teams. He's got skins on the wall. We don't. So you might want to pay attention. But then Kimberly Martin brought this up, and I hadn't heard this clip because uh, I went to bed very early last night to get up at three, which is an awesome, which I enjoy. <laughs> but seriously, I, I hadn't heard the which part I, where which I enjoy. In case any of our bosses are listening <laughs> right now, very, <laughs> very, very much. The alarm goes off and I hit the ceiling. Right, but hey, I we're good. Didn't sound like you enjoy it, but okay. <laughs> I do. Well, man, I, hey, stop! You're gonna get me in trouble. But my, and I, I brought it up, so I'm the idiot. But the point is, he brought up Jack Del Rio and how Jack Del Rio has head coaching experience. Give it a listen here. You know, us as a coach, you know, I, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. You know, Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and he's not going to change and, and, and because he believes in it. Jack has his approach. You know, um, having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try and figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, hey, this is it, this is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff, where Eric, Eric hasn't had that, 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 uh, that experience yet. So that part does sound like and can be taken as Eric hasn't been a head coach. He doesn't, he hasn't had to manage as many personalities as I have. And as Jack Del Rio has having been a head coach that can be perceived and taken as a shot at the enemy. I don't think it was intended that way. I think the intent was to to deliver a message to his team 
through the media, like Nick Saban does, like Kirby Smart does, like a lot of head coaches like Sean Payton does, you know, that they, a lot of veteran coaches will use the media to deliver a message. But that last part, he's got to clean that up today because that did come out, come across as a, not maybe not intended to, but it came across as a shot at the enemy. Ian Fitzsimmons, Amber Wilson here with you on ESPNU and ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm with you. I thought that it was an attempt by a vet head coach in Ron Rivera to send a message to his players that this is who Eric Bieniemy is. You're going to have to adjust to Bieniemy because he's not going to adjust to you. He was brought in here to set a new standard, to change a culture, to implement a new offense, and that's what he's doing. You're going to have to get in line with his style. That's how I took the comments to begin with. Then I heard the second part of that clip that we just replayed, and I thought that's interesting because it does sound a little bit like a shot at Eric Bieniemy and a shot because we're talking about a coordinator that has been as public as possible that he wants to be a head coach and hasn't gotten that opportunity even though most all of us feel like he has deserved that opportunity time and time and time again so to reference the lack of opportunity there the lack of head coaching experience it felt like a particular shot at that specific coordinator but then listening to it again Ian because we keep listening to it all morning long and listening to it again back you catch more things and I agree with you. I don't think Ron Rivera meant to take the shot at Eric Bieniemy, even though it could be construed as such. I think he was still trying to say to his players, Eric Bieniemy is who he is, and that he's not going to go ahead and change his approach and change how he does things for you. And maybe sort of explaining that a little bit, like, hey, this guy's different than a Jack Del Rio because he hasn't been a head coach, so you can't expect him to change his ways or to reach you differently. Y'all need to get on board with the way, in fact, that he's reaching you. That's your job. That's what you're here for. That explanation felt like a shot at Eric Bieniemy, but I'm not sure it was intended as any sort of shot at Eric Bieniemy. I kind of think the whole thing and listening to it back from start to finish was simply a message to the players because maybe there's players that are yapping behind the scenes in the locker room about this being too tough and also players that it seems like may have gone to the media to express some of those concerns and that's what maybe Ron Rivera is trying to shut down and in doing so he didn't handle it so well now Ron Rivera did speak to the media today and you know in speaking to the media today he was going to address that seeming shot that he took at Eric Bieniemy, Because, of course, we've been talking about it all morning long. If you miss anything here on ESPN Radio, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Here is the opening from today's presser of Ron Rivera addressing the media. I want to open up with this pretty much. You know, I realized my comments yesterday took on a different life than I intended yesterday. And that's on me for not being as clear as I needed to be. I'll own that. Opening remark there of Ron Rivera. He did exactly as we all thought and as Kimberly A. Martin thought he was going to do when she was on with us earlier. Ron Rivera has been in this game long enough to recognize that he just made a mistake. The way that he worded things, right? Like he didn't want Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons talking about this all morning long on national television and national radio. You went third person. And yet we have, I really did. So I was going to say, when I asked you about the third person, I was going to say, I employ that strategy. I'm a third personer. I am. I'm a third personer. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't do it because I feel Amber awkward Wilson as hell. Amber three cups of coffee this morning. Amber Wilson. But, again, but you heard him right there. That was intent. He, he used the word intent. And I don't think he had any intention of 
calling out Eric Bieniemy. He knew who Eric Bieniemy was coming over. He knew how intense he is. And I, look, we've had some people in the Twitterverse, Xverse, whatever the heck it is now, um, you know, and, and people texting us during the show going, well, is this why Eric Bieniemy hasn't been able to land a head coaching gig because he is too intense? I don't know. I have no idea. I know that his resume warrants him being a head coach, but his personality behind the scenes, I'm not in those meetings. I can't answer that question. But Ron Rivera knew that he was hiring a very intense play caller and offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy, And he did it because he wanted a change of an attitude on that side of the ball. Well, he got it. Now, some players who may have been coddled since they came out of the womb, right, and going back to junior high and high school and a five-star in college, you know, maybe they're at a country club type atmosphere in college that aren't used to having a coach ride them nonstop. Well, now you have one and you better improvise, adapt and overcome or else you're not going to be on the field. That's the way I take it. I, I think with Eric Bieniemy, you have to consider the fact that he has the success and that he has the rings. And if you have the rings in that sport, you normally immediately garner the respect but maybe it doesn't always play when we're talking about 23 year olds right and so maybe some of them were a little frustrated because it is such a difference there in Washington you were trying to change an entire culture there in Washington there's been all sorts of changes in Washington from the ownership on down and so from the OC coming in it's a new approach it's a new system maybe just throwing his rings on the table wasn't quite enough in this scenario and there's going to be some growing pains Ron Rivera's trying to shut it down trying to essentially tell his players hey you guys need to adjust. This is who Eric Bianami is, but in doing so, he made that comparison to Jack Del Rio. And that's when it gets that weird. That was a mistake. And that was the mistake. And that's why he starts his press conference today immediately addressing that. We have more sound from Ron Rivera from today. We are turning around the sounds in real time. So kudos to everybody here working behind the scenes on this show. Here is more Ron Rivera from today. Is the audio coming through? I'm not I'm not hearing the audio. Okay, so technical issues. Like I said, we are turning this around immediately because Ron Rivera right now is on the podium in Washington. But I believe that he actually directly addresses the comment that he made in comparing the enemy to Del Rio. John Kime, he tweeted out on Twitter a direct quote here from this conversation that right now Ron Rivera is having on the podium. He said in the comparison that he made between Bianabi and Del Rio, he was, here's the quote. I was trying just to convey, we all have our own way of doing things. Neither one is better than the other. I had buddy Ryan riding me for two years. Dick could riding me for nine. Their approach is different than mine. He's right. Again, I think intent does go a long way. And when he referenced Del Rio, I think he was trying to point to two different coordinators and two different, you know, personalities. But then he brought up head coaching experience. And that's where people can construe, right. perceive, take. Oh, that, that was a dig at the enemy. And because his other his defensive coordinator has been a head coach. And that's what he's having to clean up today. But the the true intent to me and you, you we we don't agree on a lot of things. but We agree on this. And that is the intent from Ron Rivera yesterday when he was posed that question, you know, how are your players reacting to, you know, the enemy's intensity? That was a message to his players through the media. He's intense. If you don't like it, you better get used to it because he's not going to change. And the enemy said as much, this is what I do. This is me. I'm going to be your biggest, harshest critic. I'm going to ride you. 
but I'm also going to be your biggest fan when you deliver. That's just by, who he is. And by the way, maybe Rivera's right. Like maybe Bianami has a more hard-nosed approach because he's never been a head coach. It's just not the thing maybe. to point out when it comes to that specific coordinator. So it doesn't sit well. He had to, of course, address it then with Eric Bianami because of what's been made about this. Rivera said he did that. He said, I put my foot in my mouth. What I said wasn't as clear as I need it to be. Everybody, in my opinion, made more than needs to be made of it. The results are what you look for on the field. The last couple of days have been outstanding. Kimberly A. Martin did tell us, Ian, that players have seemed to take more to Eric Bieniemy here over the last couple of days, that practices have reached a new level there in Washington. And frankly, none of this conversation that you and I have had all morning long about these comments make any difference if they get on that football field during the regular season in 29 game, in 29 days and they start actually winning under Biennemi's new system there. Coming up next here on ESPNU and on ESPN Radio, earlier today we asked you, who is the most important non-quarterback X factor in the NFL? Is it Micah Parsons? If you want to join the conversation, 888-SAY-ESPN. This is ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Who is the biggest non-quarterback X factor in the NFL? We know the quarterbacks are always the X factors, right? These teams, they live in the day by how the quarterback ends up panning out. But what about non-quarterbacks? Who's the biggest one in the NFL? One of the names that was floated out there, of course, Micah Parsons. A player who's incredible, Ian. A player who has very lofty expectations for himself. We heard earlier in this show, he said he doesn't just want to be in the hall, which Micah Parsons is certainly on pace to do so, but he wants to be in the hall as perfect, right? A perfect linebacker. One of the greatest ever to do it. A first ballot Hall of Famer that there is zero doubt that that dude is going to get in. So he's got some lofty expectations. He also has some expectations for this season. This is new sound that we haven't heard yet on the Pivot podcast. Here is the Cowboys linebacker on his goals for the season. Everything. Give his player of the year, like pros, like Super Bowl, the whole lot, like Mahomes. So you think defensive player of the year, MVP? Yeah. Defensive player of the year, MVP, Super Bowl champion, Michael Parsons, is what we would be saying at this time. And MVP might be a stretch. <laughs> 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 I got I to get a little more realistic. 
I, I like how first ballot Hall of Famer, not a stretch. A perfect Hall of Famer, not a stretch, right? A Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, none of that a stretch. MVP is where we all draw the line because even Micah Parsons know he could he could be the best player in the universe, Ian. He ain't getting it because he plays on defense. Look, and we love Chris Carlin, our teammate here at ESPN Radio, and he brought up Micah Parsons, you know, could be an MVP this year. Carlin, I love you, man. Ain't yeah, happening. ain't happening. I mean, it should happen. Oh, Aaron Donald should. should have been an MVP in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But if he hasn't, nobody's going to get it anytime soon. There's only been two defensive players in the history of the game that have taken in an MVP since the merger of the AFL and NFL. And that is Alan Page of the Purple People Eaters. The Honorable Alan Page, by the way, obviously retired judge. What and one that? hell of a football player. Oh, like 1971, I think, mm-hmm. or 72? It was 70s. Yeah, I know that. And the last defensive MVP in the history of the game, 1986, the pride of UNC, Lawrence Taylor. That's the list. That's it. Done. End of conversation. And if Aaron Donald didn't get it, Micah Parsons is not going to get it. But Micah Parsons, to your point in this conversation, is one of the best Playmakers, one of those X factors that in one play can change the tone of the game. Coming off the edge with a big sack, strip sack, fumble, scoop and score. That is Micah Parsons. There's a handful of guys on the defensive side of the ball that you can put in that category. Nick Bosa's one, Hassan Reddick is one, Aaron Donald is one. Micah Parsons is right there at the top of the list of those guys on the defensive side that are wrecking machines that can change a game on one play. If the NFL MVP is going to a quarterback every season, let's just make it a quarterback's award. And the defensive player of the year, it doesn't suffice. I mean, if these guys absolutely should be considered when it comes to the MVP conversation, and if they're not going to be considered, let's just call it the MVP quarterback, right? The most valuable quarterback. Let's not call it the most valuable player because it ain't the most valuable player. It's the most value. It's the MVPQ or the NVQ. It's the most valuable quarterback. That's the reality of how that award goes down. I can't make that same claim anymore about the Heisman because, yeah, it's Smith in recent years. But it's very true about the MVP award. And it's annoying and it's frustrating. And I would be frustrated if I was Micah Parsons because it should be possible for him to attain that. He's not going to attain that because of how that award goes. I could easily see him getting NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, Super Bowl yeah. MVP seems like a lofty goal as well. That, 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 that can like happen. something that's not happening. No, I mean, it, it could easily, well, if the Cowboys were ever get to a Super Bowl or right. get to an NFC Championship game, you have to get there first in order to get that award. But Still Mike Vrabel easily could have been a Super Bowl MVP over Tom Brady when they beat the Eagles. What do you have? You had right. a touchdown catch, like two and a half sacks and like seven tackles in that game, but it went Never. to Brady. Vrabel still says, that guy got my Cadillac Escalade, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but you, you, it, what, let me go even bigger picture on this. You mentioned the Heisman Trophy. Like Orlando Pace, when he was at Ohio State, should have won the Heisman Trophy. Warren Sapp was the best player in college football mm-hmm. you know, when, when he was at Miami. And I think he finished fifth in the Heisman balloting. What is it about the big boys or defensive players when it comes to NFL MVP or the most cherished award in college football on the Heisman that they can't sniff that damn thing? To it's, me, it's wrong. It's more of a – it's a, quote, skill position, end quote, award, yet – some of the best skill out there is when you're putting your hand in the dirt and trying to forcefully move another man against his will to a spot he doesn't want to be in. 
I think some of it's a lack of understanding of the game. It's a complicated game. I think if you ask coaches who affects things the most, several of their nominations will be on the defensive side of the ball. It's easier for all of us that don't know the X's and O's to that level, that didn't play the sport ourselves. It's easier to just look at the guys on offense who are making the catches, right, and who are throwing the, the passes. I mean, that, those are like – it's more quantifiable in that regard. I can see there every single play how Dak Prescott is affecting things. It's easy. Throws a football. Not as easy Did the as dude catch Martin. it? Did right. The, right, and that's the difference. Zach Martin is a, is a primary example. Any of these other guys, right, any of these guys on the O-line, on the D-line, it's a lot more complicated to truly evaluate their impact. Yes, it's easy if Micah Parsons is making a sack, but that's it. And that's not the only category that we're talking about that Micah Parsons' presence is felt, obviously. And so I think that that has a lot to do with it is just sort of the eyeball test. The eyeball test, naturally your eyeballs go to the guys on offense. And frankly, those skill players on offense, they're the ones that we understand the most when it comes to how they immediately impact the game and thus can sort of evaluate who's the most valuable. By default, that it always ends up being a quarterback because the quarterback position is the most important so by default, Amber. whoever's playing that position becomes the most valuable. <laughs> I would say it's more of a skill to move a 300-pound human against his will than it is to throw a football. I mean, entirely possible. I can throw a football. I cannot move somebody who's <laughs> 300 pounds against their will. Triple H, say ESPN. That is how you join the conversation. Tom in Ohio has been hanging on forever. Tom, I appreciate your patience. Who is the biggest X-factor non-quarterback in the NFL? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, being from Northeast Ohio, I understand the, uh, uh, the bias and everything, but let me just say this. If you can mention Parsons, and if you can mention J.J. Watt, and if you can mention the Bosa brothers, how can you not mention the most uh, double or triple team defensive linemen in the league right now, Miles Garrett, and in the same breath, if you go with the uh, two, three, four, and five running back, how can you not mention uh, Nick Chubb, the best running back in the league, as being the most uh, most most popular or most needed uh, besides the quarterback? Again, Tom Wilson, thanks for your call. Uh, spoken like a Browns fan, but I get it. Those actually two very good nominations. Miles Garrett certainly should be in that conversation when we're talking about Dianzian. Oh, without a doubt. I was just going off the top of my head. T.J. Watson that conversation as well. Right. I mean, so – uh, th- those are the, the uh, those are the guys on the defensive side of the ball that des- that deserve more of that. I don't want to say attention because they get it, but more respect as people that can change a game that aren't quarterbacks. Wide receivers get it. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, you know that the, the new era tight ends get it. Running backs do, but those guys on that side, I can't emphasize it enough. Starting in 29 days, they can change a game on one play, and that that's a rare ability. And so you and I are screaming it from the mountaintops. Those are the difference makers. And yet, if we're breaking down the Cleveland Browns, both you and I are going to say this team's going to go the way that Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson goes. That's I mean, it. it's just That's it. how it ends up going. Coming up next. And we'd be right, by the way, because it is going to go how Deshaun Watson goes. But yes, Miles Garrett, a heck of a player and deserves his own roses. Coming up next here on ESPNU and ESPN Radio, Ian had a chance to catch up with Falcons head coach Arthur Smith. Just how excited is he about having Bijan Robinson? That's next. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. This is ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons, hanging out with you here on ESPNU and ESPN Radio. Find him on social at FitzESPN. You can, yeah, Ian Fitz, ESPN, at Amber W Sports. That is how you find me. And Ian did all the heavy lifting yesterday, so I appreciate you very much, Ian it Fitzsimmons. Was so tough. It was tough, I know. Uh, you had to fire up the old Comrex and record an interview there in the afternoon. I took some time off, but you have a connection to the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Smith. Were you guys high school teammates? Is that right? No, he's a lot younger than I am. Oh, uh, okay. Same high school at Georgetown Prep. Same high school. Yeah, I knew there was a, a high school very connection community. there. Yes, okay. yes. Well, That's how we know each other. I was trying not to call you old on air, but you called yourself old, so we've gotten that covered. So Arthur Smith went to Ian Fitzsimmons High School, and they caught up yesterday. Here's some of that interview. Well, Coach, good catching up again as always. Uh, first of all, uh, take folks behind the scenes. W- what's it like this time of year? How much does a coach really know about your team coming into camp at this point? Well, I mean, you've got a pretty good idea, you know, as, you, as you're playing up for camp. And, you know, may, there may be a few moves you may make, you know, depending. But you, you know what kind of team, at least personnel-wise, you're going into the season with. Um, but you want to find out about them. I mean, you know, guys – year after year. And there's guys that the hardest thing to do is, is not only to achieve success, but sustain success. And so as you're watching your, your players, you know, who comes back into shape, who, who's trying to improve. Um, but we got a great group here. And this it, is such a fun group to coach. And we, we got a lot of the right guys. Who's caught your eye early on where you may have gone, you know what? I wasn't expecting to see that from that particular guy. It's hard to single out one player. We've got a lot of great competition going on. Uh, around the around the field, we got to you know the thing about our team. These guys these guys work hard. They like to they actually like to practice and uh, and compete and do it the right way. And uh, but there's a lot of guys. I mean, you just when you get in here, it's it's the unknown, especially with the rookies. But so far, you know the, the rookies and some of the uh, post draft guys we brought in. Uh, I'm really excited to see them play in the preseason. You mentioned rookies, and as you and I were talking off air, and Arthur Smith, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, here with us on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Um, man, B. John Robinson, I had him a lot and caught a lot of his games as a field analyst, sideline reporter at the University of Texas. He's on my all-hug team. I mean, I, that, that young man, as far as talent, we saw it on the field. Off the field, he guys gravitate to him. He's just a leader, in my opinion. What, what has stood out to you in your top ten pick out of Texas in your running back, B. John Robinson? What is this? really good all-around all football player. He's an offensive uh, weapon. I mean, he's just more than a running back, and, and he is. There's certain people. And the thing I like about Bijan is, you know, you talk about a, somebody that people gravitate towards, it, and it's not fake. It's not one of those, like, you know, phony, uh, fake humility guys. That, that, that Bijan's a, an incredible person, just as authentic. You know, he's his own man, and, and he is. He, he's got that Q factor. I joke, it's him and Matthew McConaughey down in Austin is the biggest guard. 
<laughs> You're right, man. And by the way, ask him about his first two carries he ever had as a running back. Have he has he told you this story? I haven't heard this one. He ran the wrong way, scored for the other team. Not once, but twice, back-to-back carries. Give him hell. <laughs> Give him hell. And he embraces it. I hope he doesn't do that for, uh, for us. For <laughs> I think he learned his lesson after the second time. His grandfather was an old Pac-10 going, going deep. Now it's a Pac-4. But the, he was an old Pac-10 official, and he was embarrassed. He's in the stands going, I cannot believe my, my grandson just ran the wrong way, not once but twice, and celebrated scoring for the other team. So you got some ammo in your next, next running back meeting, right, for Bijan. Uh, well, I've got to get the film. I'm going to see if I can reach out to his family and get the film of that. Oh, that would be absolutely priceless. You got Desmond Ritter, quarterback out of Cincinnati. Uh, he's your signal caller right now. Biggest change you've seen from him from the first time you had him in camp to what you're watching right now? Well, for like a lot of guys. I mean, especially that position and what we ask our guys, our quarterbacks to do. I mean, from where, where he was as a rookie going into his first training camp to where he is now, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about this. He's got real leadership traits. And on top of that, I mean, he, he can move the football, and that's your number one job. Can you lead the team up and down the field and can complete the football? So, yeah, really good command, um, you know, really pre-snap, post-snap. So, so we're excited. We're excited to see where this, where, where this goes, and he's made a lot of improvement. How far can – and how, I don't want to say how far can he go because, I mean, that, that's an absolutely loaded question. What's it going to take for, for him to achieve what you're expecting to see? Well, for any quarterback, I mean, regardless of the hype that people have, I mean, just go back and look at the the history of the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the hardest position to evaluate. The hardest, they're, they're, you know, there's a lot of people that think they're experts, uh, but there's a lot, a lot of people that it's, they haven't been able to pick quarterbacks either. And, uh, it, you know, so it, it's just different. The environment sometimes can get guys, you know, the – there's things you see in college college that don't translate to the NFL. I mean, you know, depending on wh- what kind of offense you're playing. And really, it's the speed of the pocket. When those guys have to play in the pocket, that changes. You know, guys that, that throw for video game numbers, and they, they may not have played with very, uh, you know, with collapsed pockets. I mean, there's guys moving at you. And that that's that's the biggest jump. You know, cause at some point, regardless of what scheme you've got to play in, when you get to third down and two minutes, you got to go win the game and drop back. And, Coach, um, and some guys that make that jump and some guys that can't. When do you know you've got a great one? You know, that's a, you know, it's a good question, but it's a very you know subjective question. I mean, guys, you look at guys' career trajectories. I mean, you study guys that, you know, in that term, great, that, that are in Canton, Ohio, and uh, all their careers are different. I mean, you got the stories of Peyton Manning breaking the rookie interception record, right? And then yep. – as he fought through it, played early. You've got guys that, you know, Tom Brady who, who start out and in the second year. And, I mean, obviously he had a not only a long, but, you know, probably the most historic career of any quarterback. And, you know, it, it was very different his early years and how they won to how they, they won, the, you know, the next batch of Super Bowls. And that, that's just the growth of the quarterbacks and, and the evolution and the way that people change. I mean, you see it all over the place. So, I mean, rarely does a guy come in there year one, and all of a sudden they're Johnny Unitas. How much time, and Arthur Smith, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, joining us here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, how much time does a head coach in the National Football League actually get away from the game and get to spend family time or whatever it is that you use to dial out during training camp? I think, 
you know, when you're in one of these jobs, first off, you get out of perspective. You know, I'm grateful every day that I get to do this. You know, I think sometimes with the longer people get into it, they get jaded, you know, and they, they lose perspective. Um, but any job that's something you're passionate about, uh, you know, it, it's, yeah, I know there's old narrative of, you know, you know, football 24 seven. And, and, and certainly this job's on your mind a lot, but uh, I've got a great family. I've got th- three young kids and great wife. And, and even what you try to do is to make sure that your kids know that when you're with them, you're present. But yeah. the one thing I think that's helped probably post COVID and modern technology is you don't have to, I, I can be on my phone or my laptop and I can be in the world and watch film or I can make time, you know, and that's what you just got to manage your time. If you want to be really great at your job, but also you want to be a good father and, and a good husband. Behind every great coach is a great wife. I mean, that, that, that old no saying doubt. is without question, absolutely 100% true. Hey coach, go give him hell, man. Stay healthy and, uh, and best of luck in the rest of your, uh, your adventure here in the 23 campaign. Thanks for your time as always here at ESPN. No, thanks. Thanks for your time. Always great catch, catching up. He's awesome. He's he's one of my favorite guys in football. And, yeah, I'm biased. We went to the same high school, and Georgetown Prep is a very tight-knit crew if you've ever uh, if you've ever put those colors on. But, you know, a lot of people look at him, and, and Amber, the perception of the Falcons is, oh, they're, they're a three-, four-win type team. Well, he won seven games last year, seven and ten, had some very close losses. The, the, I firmly believe this. I think any one of those teams in that division can win that division. Mm-hmm. That's either how bad it is or how evenly matched they all are. But his squad, they're going to fight you, man. Hell freezes over, and they'll fight you on the ice. What is it? Nor- what was the name of your high school? Georgetown Prep. Georgetown Prep. Two appellate George, court justices. Georgetown Prep. Prep. It Brian sounds Cashman. very, very fancy. I have, I, I'm have 0.0% surprised there's appellate court justices that have come out of Georgetown hey, Prep. Brian Cashman, GM of the Yankees. Prep guy. Arthur Smith, prep guy. My sorry <laughs> butt. Mo Rocca, CBS Sunday morning. That's what you guys call yourselves, prep guys? Ah, well, no, 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 no. Uh, remember, I grew up in a third-bed horse farm. My mom shipped me right. off to boarding school with the Finkelstein kid, right? I mean, right. I got booted out of the house and shipped up there. I mean, Sounds yeah, it, thoroughbred. <laughs> sounds like a thoroughbred kind was, of life. It was a different experience, but he's a heck of a coach. And remember, and he's self-made. His dad is Fred Smith, owner of FedEx. And, Which is wild. Yeah, and Arthur, uh-uh. He is self-made, and he's one heck of a football coach. So shout out to Arthur Smith. Thanks to the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons for sending some time with Ian Fitzsimmons. And thanks to Ian Fitzsimmons for doing that interview without making me do it. Uh, I appreciate (laughs) you very much. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio and ESPNU, Ron Rivera has fully backtracked on his comments from yesterday. We have the sound from today. We'll get it to you. This is ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons coming down the stretch. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. Find me at Amber W Sports. So we've been talking all morning long about the comments that Ron Rivera made yesterday in reference to his offensive coordinator and Eric Bieniemy and how maybe they were taking a bit out of context. Sounded a little bit like he was taking a shot 
at Bienemy. Well, today he had a press conference before training camp, and he was very quick to address the situation. He immediately addressed it in his opening statement without even being asked about it, and then, of course, was asked several questions about it. So here now is the head coach of the Washington Commanders from today on what he was trying to convey yesterday. I was just trying to convey that we all have our own way of doing things, you know, and, 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 it, and neither one's better than the other. I mean, I had, you know, I had Buddy Ryan riding me for two years. I had Mike Dicker riding me for nine, and it's the way they did things. You know, their approach is completely different from mine. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying that we're all different. We all have our ways. What he's referring to there is yesterday he made a reference comparing his coordinators, right, and comparing Eric Bieniemy to Jack Del Rio and saying Del Rio's approach, Ian, is different because he has that head coaching experience. He's got a different style. And it didn't sit well because we know, of course, Eric Bieniemy's journey here has been made incredibly public. We know Bieniemy wants a head coaching job. He hasn't gotten a head coaching job, even though most people feel like he should have gotten a head coaching job many times over based on the accomplishments on his resume. So it didn't go over well. Apparently, Ron Rivera saying there that he just was trying to point out the difference in approach. We all do things differently. How do you feel about him addressing it in that manner? He had to. Uh, and go back to his first comments and how this whole thing started. He was posed a question by a member of the media as to how his players are reacting to the intensity of Eric Bieniemy. Uh, that, 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 that tells me that a player or, or several went to a member of the media or several members of the media going, man, he's intense. This is just different. It's, it's, or, you know, I, I, this, this is over the top to, to go and ask that question to Ron Rivera. And then I believe he was delivering a message to his team. Toughen up, because that's part of the reason why Eric Bieniemy is here. I know he's intense. He is intense. He is at harsh at times in his criticism. But as Bieniemy went on to say, look, I'm going to be their, their biggest critic. It's going to be very intense, but I'm also going to be their biggest fan because he wants them to succeed. When they succeed, he succeeds. The team succeeds. But then to your point when Rivera went into the, the different personalities and cited Jack Del Rio having been a head coach and Bieniemy hasn't, I don't think the intent was to call out the enemy, but you can construe and perceive that he did call out the enemy. And that's why he's saying what he had to say today and walk back those comments. So he went on to be asked to clarify the issue that the players are having with Eric Bianami. Here's Ron Rivera from today. I think the biggest thing more than anything else is everybody just wanted to know why, you know, what, what, what's, what's he trying to get out of it. And when you understand why, why people do the things the way they do them, and you look at the end result. That's the important thing. And the best part is we're seeing them. You can't deny yesterday was a good practice, can you? I mean, it, it, from my perspective, when I watched practice yesterday, I was very pleased. And I think a lot of it is because guys understand what we're trying to do. And that's what I think is important. And they understand it because they've had open dialogue with them. But it's the same thing for you guys. You get a new editor comes in, and he's going to be different. And you got to go, oh, wow, why does he do that? But then all of a sudden you see why and you go, well, I get it. Well, that's what's happening. We're having these aha moments. So Ron Rivera explaining it away is what he basically said is that he was trying to explain there are differences. This is a different approach. This is how Eric Bianami does things. And in doing so, he stepped in it a little bit because it sounded like maybe he was trying to be negative towards Eric Bianami with that comparison with Jack Del Rio. But at the end of the day, Ron Rivera walking it back, I think it's exactly what he should have done in his presser. Yeah, and, and his first words were, it wasn't, you know, my intent was, and intent goes a long way for me. But, again, 
Bienemy was hired for a reason to call, to be the offensive coordinator there in Washington. Part of that reason was to bring a fresh attitude to that side of the ball with a first-year starter in Sam Howell out of UNC at quarterback. Look, Eric Bieniemy can call plays. Eric Bieniemy is, is a heck of a football coach, but he's also very intense. And we talked about this earlier. In any walk of life, employees, players, they're all not handled the same. Everyone does not react the same way to an intense, firm, harsh boss or coach. Every person has to be handled differently. I brought up the example of Eric Gray now running back to the New York Giants. That, that is going to be a great addition to give Saquon Barkley a spell. He's a guy that embraced being coached extraordinarily hard by D'Amico Ryans, former Dallas Cowboy, Philadelphia Eagle running back. He's a running backs coach at Oklahoma. DeMarco Murray was all over his butt, and Eric Gray took every bit of it and wanted more. Not every guy is like that. Not every guy is Eric Gray. Some, some people need to be, I don't want to say coddled, but you have to soften the message a bit to get the most out of them. Every player is different. Every employee is different. I love being ripped. I love being coached up. You know, tell me what I did wrong and how I can do it better. Not everybody's like that. That's the way I grew up with my mom and dad and an older brother who rode my butt as much as anybody. You know, so that that is, every person is different. And maybe the enemy has to change the, the way he delivers a message or critiques a player with certain guys, whether he's willing to do that or not, I have no earthly idea. But I think that's part of also what Rivera was saying. But my biggest takeaway from all of this is that Rivera was trying to deliver a message through the media, as a lot of veteran coaches do. Sean Payton does it. Nick Saban in Alabama does it as well as anybody. Sometimes a coach will use the media to deliver a message. And to me, I think Rivera was delivering one that said, hey, you get paid a lot of money to play this game. We're trying to make you better. Toughen up. Get thicker skin. Yeah, and maybe not even sometimes. I feel like all the time these coaches, these veteran coaches anyways, are using the media to send messages, particularly to their players. This message ends up, I think, going off the tracks because I agree with you. I think what, what Juan Rivera was trying to do was send a message to his players. Hey, this is who Eric Bieniemy is. This is how he approaches things. You need to adjust to that. And instead, he ends up seemingly taking a shot at Bieniemy because he makes that comparison with Jack Del Rio and references the fact that Del Rio's approach comes from the head coaching experience. So here is the head coach of the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera, from today on his comments comparing Biennemi to Jack Del Rio. I also want to clear up the reverence I made about Jack in comparison to Eric. I did not communicate that correctly, and I met with Eric. We had a great conversation, and that was cool. I think the biggest thing is that we're all on the same page, everybody. I'm fortunate to have an experienced staff, guys like Eric and Jack, and a roster of players who want to help this franchise take the next step. We're all working to build a culture where players and staff can respect each other's point of views and the way that we do things and continue to be very professional with one another. At the end of the day, we're all a family and we're working towards the same goal, and that's to win. I just wanted to get that out there so everybody understands I wasn't as clear as I probably needed to be, and I own that, and that's on me. So, again, just clarifying, walking it back. He didn't intend for those comments yesterday to be taken this way. And I'm sure if you're Ron Rivera, you don't want this, right? You don't want all morning for Amber and Ian to have been sitting here on ESPN Radio and ESPN U talking about this. They want to move forward, and they want to move forward there in a very different way than they've been doing it the last few years. In a hurry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have. Now let's see what happens after this. Yeah, well, all that matters is what happens on the football field. All that matters yeah. is in 29 days. If Eric Bieniemy's offense is winning – 
That's all that matters. None of the rest of this will matter. What does matter, though, is Greeny. He's coming up next. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. This is ESPN Radio. More next.